Good morning, you guys. My name is Stephanie Piskey, and I am an art teacher here. I have the privilege to introduce our speaker. Thank you, worship team. And what a special privilege it is to be here every Wednesday to encounter God the way we do through worship and hearing from speakers. Um, this week, you are in for a treat. It is one of our very own, Miss Elisa Palumbo. I first met her as a student in my art class. She was part of the 2014 graduating class, the second class to graduate from this building. Things looked a lot different at that time. Yonder bags were not a thing. This auditorium was not here. Encounter was in the commons. It looked really different. I don't even think they had ID cards. So we've grown. She's coming up today. Um, she is a lover of writing and reading and words. She studied at Liberty University where she received her master's. She's been teaching 10th grade English here um, for this is her second year. She was a chaperone on our senior missions trip to the Dominican Republic, which was really special for her. You'll hear more about that, but she was a missionary kid who grew up in Mexico. She's one of five siblings. She has become a good friend of mine as well, a colleague obviously as well. Um, really excited for you to hear a part of her story. So sit up and pay attention. Let's welcome Miss Elisa Palumbo. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you, Mrs. Piskey. That was awesome. Um, all right, so I'm just going to get started, and I'm going to pray first, and then we'll go from there. So, dear God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to just share a little bit of my story and how you have worked in my life. I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for um, how you love us and how you're always there for us, even in the midst of hardship. And I just pray that um, today you would just speak through me, that you would use my story to impact the students who need to be impacted. Um, thank you so much for this time. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, so the first thing I want you to think about is um, a question. So I have a question for you, you guys can go to the next slide. Um, when you think about mothers, what are some positive qualities or characteristics that come to your mind? So I want you to just share some thoughts with the person you're sitting next to. What are some positive qualities that come to your mind when you think of mothers? I'll share some thoughts that come to mind when I think of a mother. Um, I think of how mothers can be very, very nurturing. Um, I feel like moms are people who can really calm our fears. Um, so I think of like the calming nature of mothers, the nurturing nature of mothers. Um, I think about how they're the ones who put our minds at ease, who help us kind of, if we just run into something, we hurt our knee or something, they're gonna help us, they're gonna um, kiss our owie, so to speak, but they're the ones who put our minds at ease, they're always there for us, they always have been, um, ever since the moment we first take our first breath. Um, so recently, I was at the gym, I was listening to some music, and a song came on that was talking about this very phenomenon, and I normally might skip this song when it comes on, I don't, I'll admit, I'm not like the huge, biggest fan of the song, but it had this lyric, I was like totally zoning into the lyrics, and all of a sudden I was like, this is the phenomenon 
I'm thinking of with mothers. Um, so you guys can go to the next slide. You guys have probably heard this song before. Um, it's Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. And they're saying over and over again, wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mom was saying us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. And I was listening to it, and now as a grown adult, I was like, you know, I actually really relate to this lyric. Um, there is something about how moms sing us to sleep, but now you get stressed out when you're older. Um, and I think that song just epitomizes the role of like what mothers do in our lives. Um, so that said, I think the nurturing, stress-relieving, calming qualities of mothers are very prevalent in pretty much like any mother, but I also think it's very prevalent in nature. So I have this kind of funny example. Um, when I had graduated high school, um, it was like the summer after I graduated high school, I had a dog, her name was Dixie, she's a Cocker Spaniel. Cocker Spaniels are natural hunters, if you didn't know that. And one summer, my dad was saying, he's like, I don't know where Dixie is going. She keeps disappearing like randomly during the day and she had an uh, electric fence, so like there was no reason, like she wasn't actually running away, but she'd just disappear. He's like, I don't know where she's going. She's gone the whole day. I don't know where she is. So um, basically, he ended up finding her. As you can see, the picture's kind of blurry because I had to screenshot a video. She had found this little, like nest of bunnies. And she, the mom wasn't there and she had just taken them under her wing and she would go every single day and just like curl up with the bunnies. And we were like, Dixie, you probably shouldn't be getting your scent on them, that's not good. The mom's not gonna wanna like be with the bunnies after that. But no, she'd go every single day. So that's me and my friend. We probably shouldn't have played with the bunnies, but we did, they were really, really cute. And it was just really weird to see my dog like taking in these bunnies and like caring for them. Um, so I think that's just an idea of how mothers can be very nurturing and it's this natural quality of them. But when I think too about mothers is that idea of the calm and like the peace that they bring. So if you see this next slide, this is an image of my niece, um, Clara. She's actually here in the audience today. Um, but if you see her face, like her face is one that is like totally relaxed, right? She's like, ah, oh, I'm in mom's arms, everything's fine the world is okay. And I think that picture is just showing you, like, again, that peace that mothers bring. Um, so, I'm gonna share a little about me. What Mrs. Pisky said is true. I did grow up in Mexico. I'm the youngest of five. If you wanna go to the next slide, you can see my whole family there. Um, that dog in the picture is also Dixie. So she, um, that's her, that's all my siblings. Um, basically, I grew up in Mexico and we were homeschooled um, until I was 11. And basically, my mom was really, really good at helping me not feel stressed out. Um, but for some reason, I had, like, I was very good at getting scared of pretty much everything. So I was a very fearful young kid. And um, when we were being homeschooled, I remember my mom taught us about Pompeii and I developed this super irrational fear that the active volcano in Mexico was going to erupt and it would like destroy us all. And we lived 
probably like 50 or plus miles away from this volcano and there's no way that that would happen. But I would just, I was like terrified. I was like, the volcano is going to erupt, we're gonna die. And I also was like super terrified of tornadoes and tornadoes like can't even happen in Mexico, but I would like have nightmares about tornadoes destroying everything and I was just like super irrational. But my mom would always comfort me. So there's another slide up here where you just see two images. Um, the image on the left, you can see my cheeks are kind of rosy. I'm like looking excited. It was the first time I got my ears pierced. I was so panicked, like, oh, it's gonna be horrible. And my mom was like, no, it's fine, it's fine. And you can kind of see in the reflection, my mom's laughing, because that was after like I got the first earring pierced, and I was like, that wasn't even that bad. And my sister like snapped the photo of me, like clearly excited that it didn't really hurt. Um, and then just the other one is my mom um, encouraging me after a basketball game. But all that said, being that irrational kid who had these irrational fears, I really, really struggled even to sleep. So oftentimes when I'd have my nightmares, um, my room was here, my parents' room was here, and my brother's room was here, and there was like a little kind of hallway. Basically, I'd sleep on the bottom bunk, and in order to be like safe, I'd like lock my door, and I had multiple stuffed animals that would like crowd around me, and I'd be like, I'm safe, I'm gonna be fine. But no, often I'd wake up, have a nightmare, I'd run to my parents' room, I remember just running. My siblings claim that I would scream and I'd be like, Wah! and like sprint and they just hear my feet like pitter pattering across the um, floor. I don't totally remember those details, but I do remember I'd wake my dad up and I'd just be like, dad, can I sleep with you? And he would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I'd crawl in between my parents and it would just be this moment. I'd look up at the ceiling and I'd see the ceiling fan that kind of looked like a monster too. And I'd just be like, nothing, nothing can attack me, I'm in between my parents, I'm fine, and then I'd sleep really well. Um, so often, I would tell my mom, even, I was like, you know, mom, I'm not even gonna go to college, I'm just gonna stay here forever, I'm gonna live with you, like, everything's gonna be fine, and she'd just kinda chuckle at me and be like, no, you'll go to college, like, but thanks for, for saying you wanna stay with me. Um, that said, I did not go to college right away, I kinda kept my promise to her. Um, I took a gap year instead. So I went to um, YWAM, AKA Youth with a Mission. Probably some of you have heard of it. Those of you who went on the DR trip, we were at a YWAM base. So it's three months of a lecture phase and three months of a um, outreach phase. So the lecture phase is you're getting to know God, you're digging into the Bible, you're having classes about God all the time. You're just like, learning about him, and YWAM's motto is to know God and make him known. So like you can't share about God until you've dug into getting to know who he is. Um, and I loved the lecture phase of it. We were in Chile, I was in this little beach town called Pichilemu, I'd see the ocean every day when I would wake up, and we'd spend our time outside, and you can kind of see this is the back entrance, we'd just spend our time like reading God's word even before we'd eat breakfast for about an hour and it'd be in those woods. So the YWAM base I went to was really structured. Um, I really, really loved it. We had a lot of cool things we had to do. But one thing that my base did that pretty much anyone I've talked to who's done YWAM, they did not have to do this during their lecture phase. We did something called NICO that was like this camp it was like survival skills. And we went out into the Chilean wilderness for three days. We had to like sleep in tents, 
go to the bathroom outside. We truly killed our own chickens and cooked them. And it was like, you're gonna get prepared for anything that you're gonna face when you go abroad to whatever country you go to. And it was really intense. Like you were separated into, into groups and my team, I remember we were like hiking one day. We literally had to like hike through this river up to our necks. We're like carrying our backpacks over our heads. Someone on my team was like terrified of water. She couldn't swim. So she's like crying and we're like, we got this. And it was like team building. Anyways, one of the last nights there, um, our leaders like woke us up. They're like, I think it was like three in the morning, it was pitch black out. They're like banging things like, wake up, wake up, wake up. We're like, what's happening? And they're like, pack everything in your backpacks, like get ready to go. And we're like, where are we going? What's happening? And we had to pack as much as we could in a backpack. And they're like, just get ready to go. And then they blindfolded us and led us in random places. And we're like, what the heck is happening? The whole time I'm thinking, they're gonna take us up to a mountain and we're gonna have to climb down, like figure out how to get back on our own. Like what is gonna happen? Oh my gosh. And finally, they stop us, and they're like, okay, um, if you want to move forward, like, you have to go alone. You're not going to go with your team anymore. And I was like, yep, we're going up a mountain. Like, I'm going to have to climb down by myself. Like, I'm not going to have a map. What the heck? This is scary. And I was like, but I'm not going to just stand here. Like, I have to go. So basically, I stood there for a while, and I eventually moved forward. And before I took the blindfold off, they, like, led me through, like, a tarp because they'd, like, put some tarps up in the woods, I don't even know. Um, I take my blindfold off once I'm past that area and there's just this cross, um, a fireplace, and then one of my leaders is just like playing guitar. I'm like, what? <laughs> and um, they're like, so if you're ready to like give everything to Jesus, like put your backpack at the cross. And I'm still thinking we're going up a mountain. So I was like, I'm gonna have to climb down with nothing, not even water. And um, I was like, can I do it? Like, yeah, I think I can. I think I could climb down without my backpack or anything. Um, and the cross said on it, um, I'd do it again for you. And it was just like this really powerful moment of like, okay, I'm just gonna sit in God's presence. And like, I put my backpack down and then finally I realized, oh, I'm, there's no mountain. Like there's nothing. It's just, we have to put our backpack at the cross. And it was really symbolic of like, are you willing to give everything to God? And I was there kneeling, and I remember my leader, Carlos, his wife was my mentor at the time, so he knew my story. Carlos came up to me, and he started praying, and he started crying, I started crying, and he just says, God, I pray that Elisa would come to know the mother heart of God. And you might be like, okay, that's like a weird phrase, like, and why would that even be pertinent to Miss Palumbo. Um, well, let's backtrack again. Remember how I said I was this kid who was really scared of like very irrational things? Um, well, I did have a very constant fear in my life since the age of four. So you can go to the next slide. Um, by the way, this picture is post ears being pierced, so I'm super happy. Um, there was one thing I was totally terrified of my whole life. Um, when I was four, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I grew up with this, like, lingering feeling of, like, something's wrong with my mom, something's inside of her that's not okay. She seems normal, but, like, something's off. So, like, I always had this fear of, like, what if mom dies? Like, what if she goes? Like, I don't know. And 
being the kid who was scared all the time, she and I would often watch movies together when my siblings were watching things like Star Wars, because yes, I couldn't even watch Star Wars, I was like really scared. Um, and we'd watch like a cartoon or something, and I remember I'd sit there on their bed, my mom would be there, and usually I'd stay up and watch the whole thing, and she'd like fall asleep. And there'd be moments where I'd just look at her, and I'd be like, is she still breathing? Like, I, because I didn't totally understand cancer, I was just thinking like, she could go at any moment. But I had this constant, constant fear. And when I was 11, that fear actually became a reality. So it was in um, May, or sorry, January of 2008, we found out that my mom's cancer was inoperable. It had moved to her liver and there was nothing that the doctors could do. And I remember that moment was like, just this moment of like, oh my gosh, like what? Like, it's actually gonna happen? Like, no, like God could heal her. I'm sure he could heal her. Um, but basically from January to May, my life flipped and um, we moved from Mexico to Minnesota and I went from being homeschooled to going to school and my mom ended up passing away in May and it was just this crazy moment of like, the fear that I had like became a reality. And the person that I always went to to like calm my fears was no longer there. And I was always thinking about like, I'm basically living in my nightmare now. Um, and granted, in a way, it kind of made other fears less intense for me. Um, but you can go to the next slide. Basically, this is an image of like how my life changed. Yes, when I was homeschooled, I had a lot of pets and that was my pet parakeet named Lemon and he would do homework with me. Um, but I would, went from like doing homework on my own with like my pets to going to school and I was like absolutely terrified. And it was just this huge flip. Like I went from Mexico to Minnesota, homeschooled, going to school, mom, no mom. And it was just like, whoa, what is going on? Um, but what I wanna share with you is the reality that um, God has been there and God has blessed me in all of that. Um, I truly felt very different when I was going to high school, or like I went to Chapel Hill and then I went here to Southwest. I felt really different from a lot of my peers because I had this like hole in my life that not a lot of them had. And I remember I would want to like tell them what I had gone through, but I like never really felt like I wanted to burden them with the situation. And I would end up processing a lot of my grief by writing about it. And I'd just write down all my memories of my mom and try to keep her alive by writing about her. Um, but I felt very alone in my grief. And I would cry about losing her quite a bit. And um, there was one specific moment where I was crying in my closet, because you know, a lot of people, I don't know if you do, but I cry in my closet a lot. Um, I was crying in my closet. Granted, it was this massive walk-in closet that my sister and I shared. And um, my sister's journal was just like laying on the floor. And I was like trying to like distract myself as I'm like wiping my tears away. And I'm like, okay, why is Rachel's like journal right there? And yes, I, out of curiosity and being the annoying younger sibling, like grabbed it, opened it. And then this like piece of yellow paper fell out and it said, do not read. And I'm like, okay, I have to read this. And granted, she knows I did this now, so she's fine with it, but I open it and then I see my name. So I'm like, well, now I like have to read this. And I'm reading it and she wrote down this memory that like, I don't totally remember. I've now tried to like infuse it into my brain after reading 
this story, but um, she was talking about one of the last moments that my mom was like conscious um, when she was on hospice, and um, my mom asked me, she was like, Elisa, who's gonna take care of you when I go? And I was like, well, dad. She was like, no, Jesus. And um, you might think that sounds like cheesy or something, but I truly can attest to the fact that like Jesus has taken care of me. Um, God has provided so many people in my life who have stepped in and been mothers to me in moments where like I didn't have a mother. So um, if you want to go to the next slide, I'm going to talk through some like each of these um, images. But back to before I went to YWAM, one of my friend's moms saw me at church and she's like, are you ready to go to YWAM? I was like, I think so. She's like, do you need to like shop for anything? I was like, yeah, I need dresses. I need like some shoes. She's like, how about we go and get you some, some clothes? And I was like, okay. She's like, let's go shopping. And I think I was leaving in like a week and I wasn't very prepared. <laughs> and so she was like, I'll take you shopping. I was like, okay. So we went to Walmart and Target and like just hit up the EP mall as one does. And um, we were at Walmart. The cashier was bagging stuff. You know how Walmart has like the rotating bags? She had like bagged some things. I was loading the cart because the cart was extremely full of random things that I needed. Um, but my friend's mom, Colleen, had like bought some stuff for herself too. So she was like separating them. Um, into the different bags and the cashier was like, hey, like, I don't know if your mom knows, I tried to arrange everything, like, by, like, put all the cold stuff together, whatever. And I was just like, oh, and I didn't say anything and I had this moment of like, she thinks that's my mom. And then I was like, I bet like everyone thinks that's my mom. And I just had this moment, it's like, I'm 17 at the time, hadn't been around my mom for like six years. I was like, oh, like, huh, I'm like with my mom, like I could kind of pretend that. And I just like didn't tell Colleen, she didn't like even hear what the, the cashier girl said, but I had this moment of like, yeah, I can pretend I'm normal again. And I like, we went out to dinner and the whole time I was just thinking like, so this is what it kind of feels like. And um, she provided like everything I needed for YWAM, which was awesome. Um, and then post YWAM, that first, or the picture on the um, left, that's me my freshman year of college. I had a really hard transition into college. It was like rainy all the time. I got kind of depressed. I would cry all the time. And I was having a really hard time. And my dad was like, hey, you should go to this lady named Miss Timmy. I heard she's great. She's at, like the student account ser services. So I went one day and she was like the comforting, nurturing mother figure that I needed in that moment. I remember we like cried together. She hugged me. Her, um, wall had Joshua 1.9 written on it, and Joshua 1.9 is the verse my mom would like always pray over me when I was scared, and it was this weird moment of like, oh my gosh, like, this is exactly what I needed, um, and I would end up, like, I went to her house quite a few different times, like, I'd help her rake leaves, she'd make chili, I'd bake cookies with her, everything, she was so, so sweet, and she became like this mother figure in a way. Um, I have another one of my really good um, friends, moms, who's like taught me how to cook better. She's like taken me hiking all the time. Um, I hang out with her a lot. And then the picture in the middle is my other friend's mom, Lisa. She's here today. And um, Lisa has been really awesome in my life. Um, 
didn't think I would cry. Um, she's been like such a huge maternal figure in my life. She's taught me so many different things, how to be um, generous, how to um, invite people into your home and like have parties. She's cut my hair since I was in high school and she's just been like such an amazing person in my life. That picture is from um, when I graduated from my master's. She like helped set up a party for me and it was amazing. Um, and then that other picture is also one of my friend's moms. She helped me when I was buying my condo. She was my realtor. And it was so funny because like having someone who I knew really well from childhood just helping me buy my condo was like this piece that I needed in the moment of like, whew, I like, she's helping me understand everything. This is awesome. And there are numerous more stories I could share about so many other mothers who have been in my life, who have nurtured me, who have cared for me. And in a way, when I think about those mothers, I think about that image I showed you of my dog at the beginning, like taking in those bunnies. Like, I'm not any of their daughters, but they've treated me like a daughter. And it's been something that's like really been healing for me in my life. And I've just seen how God has like, truly taking care of me despite everything that I've gone through. And um, he's shown up for me when I felt totally alone. Um, and you might think like this idea of like the mother heart of God, you're like, how is that a thing that seems weird? Well, when you think about it in Genesis, it says that God created man, male and female, he created them in his image, he created them. And when you think about it, that means maternal, Feminine qualities reflect God, and the paternal, masculine qualities reflect God. Like, both of those reflect God. So God encompasses all those characteristics, and in my life, I have experienced him show up and be that maternal, kind of calming, peaceful presence in me, but he's also just provided the people that I've needed. Like, I've never been without. And truly, like my mom said, that Jesus is going to take care of you. Like, he truly has taken care of me without having her in my life. So I have written a lot about this. Um, I've written, like, the draft of a memoir about everything I've gone through. But um, I'm going to read one little paragraph to kind of end it that kind of encompasses this idea. If not a sparrow can fall to the ground, also you can move to the next slide. Um, if not a sparrow can fall to the ground without God's consent, then surely he cares for us with the gentleness of a mother. Surely he nurtures our soul and stands ready to embrace us and all of our emotions. If he is both the lion and the lamb, then he not only has the ability to provide and fight for us, but he also has the ability to cry with us, to join us in our sorrows. And so Jesus, our lamb, cares for us in everything, and he cares for us better than we can care for ourselves. God has shown up in my life and exemplified these qualities for me. He has taken care of me. He has nurtured me. He has brought me peace and calm in the midst of horrible loss. I hope that you understand that he wants to do the same for you. It's not necessarily easy, but will you let him? Thank you.